Well, hey everyone, welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Jen Otero. And this is Melanie Wise. We're so glad that you have joined us today um, as we begin a few weeks of conversation. Yes. Really just from a male perspective mm-hmm. on just different topics that we've chosen. Yeah. And I mean, we're apparently celebrating men's Health Month? Is men's, that correct? International Men's Health Month. Who knew that that was a thing? I didn't know that that was nope. a thing. <laughs> Although that did prompt me to go, what other months and days do I not know about? If you Google that, you'll find a lot of really interesting things. Um, national Months. Yeah. National, national Days. Months and days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sourdough Bread Day. Like, there's a lot out there. Lumpy so. Rug Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but we're really excited to actually celebrate that this month by bringing in uh, some guests um, that are we're just connected with here on staff Mm -hmm. that we'll be able to speak from a man's perspective on some of the topics that we cover here on Mercy Talk. You know, for those of you who know our history here at Mercy, we've always ministered to young women in our residential program. And as we, as the outreach department started to be kind of formed and created over the last couple of years, really the heart behind that was that there have been so many people who have come to Nancy Alcorn, our founder over the years, Mm -hmm. and have said, man, I need help. Like, I'm struggling too, but I can't come into your program because I'm a 45-year-old woman. Or, right. You know, we only serve a specific demographic in our residential setting. And so, really, outreach is about being able to figure out how we can get these tools and these principles into the hands of all people, including men. Although, I think that was the new thing for us. Right. When we started to kind of create some of these materials, people were like, so is this going to work for men too? And I, we were like, oh. <gasps> We think so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. We'll see how that unfolds. But it's been really cool to see men connecting at our events, at our workshops, at our, with our studies. Mm-hmm. It's been so awesome. And so we really felt like it was just fitting to spend a month bringing in some male guests right. to speak into that. So we're excited about it. We are so excited. And so today we are inviting in our friend Ted, who is actually husband to one of our staff members, Jackie. And Ted has a long history of coaching and just a lot of men and a lot of really neat experience. So, Ted, we're excited that you've joined us today. Welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Ted, would you start off maybe by giving us a little bit of background just in your history, just sort of with coaching? We know that there's a lot you bring to the table as far as experience. So, can you give us a little snapshot of just some background and history in your world? Absolutely. So, well, for many years, I was a uh, basketball coach mm-hmm. and teacher um, a couple of years at the high school level, but uh, about 15 or 16 years at the college level. So uh, a good majority of my life, my career life anyway, I've been known as a men's basketball coach. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And so um, just uh, from the time I started, I think, or, or even before that, I knew that I was being called into that profession, into that, into that career. And uh and loved every every second of it, the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. But uh, recently, in the last few years, though, since really the end of 2013, so three going on four years, I've been involved with uh, the organization Nations of Coaches, which is, is a ministry that serves college basketball coaches all over the country. So I've been just really honored and privileged to be able to, to do that and serve in that role the last mm-hmm. few years. That's so great. It's really cool. And probably just such a needed area of ministry because mm-hmm. I played basketball through yep. college and I just know enough from being a player like the life of a coach is like none other and so for there to be a ministry reaching out to them and just a place for them to be able to be really fed on a spiritual level is so huge so I love so much knowing about that ministry knowing your role in that it's very very cool um, today we're really focusing Ted on the topic of identity in Christ 
And so how would you define having a healthy identity in Christ, particularly for men? Well, it's a great question. Um, it, it's provided me a lot of time or, you know, as I got an idea of what the topic would be, I've been able to think about that. Mm-hmm. And, and personally, um, it, it's really important, yeah. uh, obviously, but even in the world that I, I live in and, and work in, so to speak, um, having an identity in Christ is so critical, especially for men. Um, even in, you know, go back to the book of Genesis and you read and biblically it tells us that, you know, men, we're made to work, mm-hmm. you know, tend the fields, tend the garden and and those kind of things. But yet over time, the, obviously the fall of man, but over the, over the centuries, um, man has continued to um, place his identity in his work mm-hmm. and in the things he does and yeah. production and, and am I, am I worth you know, my salt as a man based on the money I bring home or the, uh, in my world, the, how many games you win or yeah. how many lives you impact, which is a good thing. Um, uh, but yet so many men in, in this profession that I deal with and, and men in general, um, come to the table with this identity that whatever I'm able to produce during the work day or, or in this lifetime, this week, this month, uh, is really, you know, how I'm valued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that idea of identity in Christ, I mean, that's, that in some ways it's foreign yeah. to men. We don't think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we get caught up with the daily and, and what we're trying to accomplish and we don't take the time to really truly think about what that really means. So yeah. it's very, very important mm-hmm. you know, for men. Yeah. So we understand that it's important, of course, for males and females, but what have you seen as good fruit in your experience? I mean, personally, of course, but also as a coach now in ministry, when you come across a man who understands his identity in Christ, and of course, we're always seeking out what that looks like. It's not like one day we go, I have arrived. I now have my identity in Christ. It's a constant place of really connecting heart to heart with him. But what do you see as the good fruit that comes for a man when he is rooted in his identity in Christ? That's great. You know, personally, um, I'm going back several years now, but I always thought, you know, if I would self-reflect and look at my career, my life, my marriage, family, all those things, I thought, you know, I was a good guy. Right. I was checking a lot of boxes. I was involved in the community. I was pouring into my players at the time as a coach, things like that. Um, but until I had that moment where I fully gave my life to Christ mm-hmm. and began to realize that, hey, I'm not all about being a basketball coach hmm. or even all about being a husband or a father. But if my identity is in Christ first, mm-hmm. yeah. then I started to uh, see fruits. You know, things were just, um, I don't know if I can tangibly uh put a finger on it, but I just began to see the difference in having an identity that was other than mm-hmm. this, this, or this, but mm-hmm. my identity was in Christ. And so when that happened, at least with me personally, I began to see um, that I could be more of, uh, you know, a better husband, right. a better father, a better coach in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was more attentive, more aware of the needs of people around me, things like that. It was it was less of a, a grind to do this better, to do that better. Now, none of that went away. Right. Um, but yet I was able to see just more fruit. I think I've always been kind of, uh, I don't know, emotional. And, and um, uh, there's things about being a part of a team and, and producing things that are great that have always excited me and things like that. I think a lot of men have that 
you know, in their lives, but um, it became I, more, I was more aware of those things mm-hmm. around me mm-hmm. once, yeah. I, once I developed more of an identity <laughs> in Christ. And yeah. as you kind of alluded to, that it was not something that one day just made complete sense to me. It's been an ongoing process. And as I see that, that growth in my own life, mm-hmm. I see certainly see more fruits. And I'm able to look back and go, uh, yeah, that was that was God working right there. That yeah. was, and with without that identity in Christ, I don't see those things. I don't see yeah. that stuff that's happened in the past. Nor do I really have a whole lot of hope for what the future will produce. Mm-hmm. So um, that's been a big difference, at least in my my personal walk. But then I see that too with with coaches that we work with in our ministry. You know, guys that um, we're able to mentor, disciple, or walk alongside, and and you see the differences not only in the way they live their life and the way they coach, but you start to see the differences in the young men they influence. Yeah, and um, it's just really special to yeah. to to walk alongside them and see that. That's so That's cool. Really cool. It just makes me think of that scripture that talks about when you put first things first. You know, you seek Him first, and all these things will be added unto you. How often our identity for men, also as women, gets stuck in all of our roles and who we are, whether it's parents or spouses or, you know, our work or whatever and how it gets us off kilter. But when we come back to being a son or daughter first, having our identity in Christ first, then everything else, there's just a different ease to it. There's a different peace. There's a different clarity. Like all these things are added unto us. Yeah. I I mean, I just, as I was hearing you describe that, Ted, I was just thinking about how for both men and women, I really feel like identity always is equivalent in our eyes to worth. So like whatever I put my identity in is what I find my worth in. Mm -hmm. And so for all of us, like I've seen it in my own life, I've seen it in the lives of tons of other people. Like when you begin to get more and more rooted and secure in your identity in Christ, like there's not a question of my worth anymore. Because when it's not rooted there, there's always this like, it's almost like a, I I felt it in myself. I've seen it in other people. There's like a desperation. Like Mm -hmm. I have to be worth something. Therefore, and I'm not to just to say that men are only putting their worth in work. There's lots of women who struggle with that too and vice versa. But, you know, men are, tend to put that more yeah. in their work and women in other things. And so, like, it's always a question of worth to mm-hmm. me. And so when you kind of get secure in your identity in Christ, that worth is settled in that place. And like you said, it's just there's an ease, there's a peace to going through life. I'm not grasping for something. I'm not right. trying to earn something. Like, I'm very settled in that place. And it's just a free, I mean, it's just a free place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be. So it's interesting to hear you talk from that perspective and say like, oh my goodness, I can see that playing out in all of our lives yeah. for sure. And then how that is then passed on to the people like in yeah. your situation where you're coaching or you're mentoring these other coaches, what I carry is what I pass. And so if my identity is in the wrong things, I'm going to pass that off to the people that I'm mentoring. But if it's in Christ, that is just a natural overflow of my life. Therefore, you start to see that fruit in other people's lives, especially when you're in a position to mentor and lead and to coach. Yeah. So much more important. I just love the fact that you're ministering now to the coaches that are now loving on these guys. It's just so, so cool. Mm -hmm. So Ted, can you give us any other thoughts on why this is something you're so passionate about, this idea of having your identity in Christ? I can. um, You know, in our world, and I think it translates to several things that men go through in different you know, whether it's different professions or whatever they're walking through life in. and But it's, to me anyway, I'm a little bit biased, but it's never more prevalent than the world of of men's basketball, even women's basketball today, is that it is an incredible opportunity to impact 
the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, I mean, that's why we're so passionate about ministering to coaches because we're ministering to young men mm-hmm. as well. But yeah. we really think that the conduit is through the coach. Right. The coach is the most impactful person maybe in our culture today, Mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. If you're listening today and you're a sports fan or you're not a sports fan, like it or not, around the globe, we love our sports. That's right. And we're impacted by the culture that is around sports. And so So when we can impact the most influential people in sport today, and that is the coach, Billy Graham said it, the most, you know, that that a coach is going to impact more people in a season in one year than most of us will in a lifetime. Yeah. And it's never more true than today. And so that's why we do it, why we're so passionate about it. But the, but the real truth is that if you have a coach that is rooted in his identity that's, that is in Christ, he's coaching, he's teaching, he's mentoring from a completely different perspective mm-hmm. than probably why he got into it. Yeah, He probably got into it because he, you know, like many of us that did, we're addicted to winning, we're addicted to competing, or, you know, all these kind of things. And, but when you change that perspective and, and your identities in Christ, it doesn't take the competition or the competitive nature out of a coach. They still want right. to beat the brains out of that guy. <laughs> I mean, I do. But, of course. And there is a way to do that in a Christ-like manner. But <laughs> I that's think. a whole nother podcast. That's, yeah, that's another another therapy. <laughs> I love thing, it. But, but um, at the end of the day, though, it's the it's not about the wins and losses. Mm-hmm. And you talked a little bit about you know to, to take identity even further. We we have generations and generations of young men and young women that are growing up playing sports that are rooted in. I'm as good as how many points I score. I'm as good as how many rebounds I get. I'm as good as whatever team I make. And now we've got this complete culture. You know, the game of basketball, as far as we know, we've done our research, and it's the only game that we know that was rooted in bringing men to the master, Jesus Christ. Wow. You know, 125 years ago, James Naismith invented the game. A lot of people may know that name or recognize it or know that, you know, basketball was, was created. But what they don't always know is that he was a Bible teacher at the YMCA. Wow. And he needed a game. It, it, it's it's in his journal uh, in the Basketball Hall of Fame that says, God, give me a game. He prayed for a game. And uh, Massachusetts, YMCA, winter's hitting. Uh, soccer and football was kind of winding down in the fall. And he needed a game to keep bringing these young men back to the Bible studies that he wow. was creating. I did not so know he, that. So That's he walks amazing. in with a peach basket and a ball. You couldn't even dribble it at the time. And just... Uh, came up with some rules because the boys were they were playing but they were playing football Mm -hmm. so they're tackling each other and it it was crazy (laughs) um so it looked completely different than the way we play it today but he the the point was he invented a game to win men to the master jesus christ Mm -hmm. yet today we have a culture that wants to use men to win games it's completely backwards and so it's why we're so passionate about what we do it's why i'm passionate about when i when i'm able to uh, mentor a coach or sit with a coach or just connect with a coach and, and just get to know them in a way that maybe we can work on or maybe we can help them see things just a little bit differently Mm -hmm. and to ultimately find that identity in Christ, which changes the way they coach. It changes the way they go home and lead their family. Mm -hmm. It it changes everything in their life. Very, very cool. That's so awesome. So basically what I hear you saying, Ted, is that basketball is God's sport. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. I think I said that very clearly. I can get behind that. (laughs) Yes. 
I'm very pro. The that. one and only <laughs> God ordained sport. Sport. And just That's dropped it into period. James Naismith's. Yep. Well, going on from there, we could close it there. But one thing that I want to be sure we hit this, on this show is just, you know, Ted, something that we're very, very passionate about with Mercy Talk is that we give extremely practical tools for people mm-hmm. to take. That it's not just like discover your identity in Christ. Good luck, you know, but can you provide just some practical ways that, you know, if a man's listening or a woman's listening and mm-hmm. is like, man, I don't, I don't think I'm there. I'm struggling on that one. What are some practical ways that they can, can become more rooted in that place and really just grow in their relationship with the Lord? Because I think they go hand in hand. You know, it's something I just actually picked up this week. Um, I think I've had these thoughts, but it was good to hear them and see them sort of on on paper. Um, I think there's three things that are important. Um, You have to have a vision. I mean, I've always known that as a coach and athlete and things like that. that You have to have a vision of where you want to go. And I think that's true in your profession, your family life, but certainly your faith life. Mm -hmm. What do you want it to look like? Um, So it's not not simple uh, or very practical, but having it creating a vision of what you want that to look like and then from the vision the vision produces a passion for Mm -hmm. it and again coaches that i talk to relate to this very well Uh, they can they can vision where they want their team to go and it's very easy to well we're gonna that's i'm gonna be very passionate about that but the third thing then would be the passion produces a discipline Mm -hmm. to do it and so when you put those three things together um, you can get somewhere with your faith walk you can right. get somewhere with the identity in Christ but I think a key thing something that's been very key in my life it's happened uh, without me knowing it or I knew it but I didn't necessarily put the plan in place to do it but you men in particular have to have other men mm. that come around each other yeah. you have to have my, a good friend of mine Stephen Mansfield he's got books about it things like that but um you must develop a band of brothers. Mm, that's um, really good. There's nothing, nothing uh, that replaces the relationship I have, number one, with God, and number two, with my wife. But having other men that come alongside you and mentor and lead and hold you accountable. Mm. Uh, if I had one thing to say to men today, you've got to find those people in your life. Mm-hmm. They might be next door. They might be in your church. They might be you know, at work. They might be somewhere. I've got some guys that don't even live near to me, but I know that if I pick up the phone, they'll answer. Right. I know if I have a problem, they'll help me through it. I, they'll know if I'm slipping up, they'll hold me accountable. And mm-hmm. so, so good. men have to find those people in their lives and, and, and connect and get those guys mm-hmm. uh, you know, active and available in their life. Love it. Which could be a whole nother podcast show as well. I'm just going to mm-hmm. start making lists. Even as you're yeah. saying it, Ted, I think how I absolutely 100% agree, but it feels to me that for women, that's so much easier. Would you agree? Like for men, it's not a natural thing to go. I'm going to go make sure I have some men in my life who I speak to and speak to back to I'm me. Vulnerable I mean, the, with. the whole concept <laughs> yeah. of being accountable isn't very comfortable. I yeah. think for humans, mm-hmm. but it feels like for men in addition to that. Yeah. Men especially, and 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 crank it up another notch with coaches that we deal with. Um, <laughs> yeah. We uh, we don't like it, but we put ourselves on islands. You know, mm. we are isolated creatures. Yeah, we don't want to open up. Um, all those kind of things. So it's, um, but at the same time, I'm saying you've got to have those people in your life. So right. maybe it's one guy, maybe it's two, maybe you know, it doesn't have to be a slew of them. It doesn't have to be a room full of guys. Yeah, um, but. You've got to find that, but it's true. Um, uh, it's, it's a very hard thing, but a very essential thing. Mm-hmm. Too. It's good. It's so great. 
So, Ted, as we get ready to wrap up for today, there's just never enough time in these podcasts. Is there any last thoughts or stories or anything that you would like to kind of leave us with on this topic of identity in Christ? There's a great story um, that's really ongoing, but uh, one that really, I think, captures the identity of Christ. There's a, a particular coach. He, he uh, I won't name names, but he, he coaches at a very elite you know, high major university in America. And, and um, about four years ago, um, really through the urging of another coach, um, decided to uh, take on a character coach in his program. And that's something that we do in our ministry that, to help walk alongside coaches and teams to help mentor. And, and our character coaches are really team chaplains. Mm-hmm. It allows us to get into different places around the country, public universities, things like that. But uh, we teach character values that are biblical values. And, and the coach was very hesitant about it, and but he did agree to do it and um, decided that that would be something that he would want for his players that he he had everything taken care of in his life but that was something that, <laughs> was that he really wanted them. for his kids and and the truth was he really needed he wanted someone to come in and, and to be able to help them out they'd had some issues on and off the court that needed to be dealt with and so he agreed to do that um, we gave him a few choices we found some great candidates we had a an area fca director we had an alum um, of the college that uh, was a believer strong and we had a inner city pastor and we pre- presented these people to him, and and in the end, he he identified and and chose uh, the inner city pastor and hmm. thought it'd be a great fit. Well, everything got going, and it, it literally was a forty five minute character talk once a week with his team that was mandatory. But again, there was no chapter and verse and things like that. It was just character values, and and after a few months, the players started to. I mean, they just loved that time with that with that character coach, and and after a. Um, you know, a little bit walking through this with the the players, the players were like, "Hey, hey, what do you do? I mean, you just come in here on Fridays. You know, what what else do you do?" And he said, "Well, I'm a pastor." And some of the players responded, you know, quickly to that and and saying things like, "You know, I thought I thought I heard something in what you were talking about. You know, my pastor uh, preached on that topic. You know, last summer, something like that." Well, anyway, what had happened was. He, he spurred their curiosity, and a lot of the players then said, hey, could you lead a Bible study with us? Mm-hmm. And this is how you know, God started to work in the lives of that program. And, and what happened over the next few years, I'll try to be brief, but the players began a Bible study. Two players that year gave their life to Christ in that season. The following year, the coaches began to have a character moment, which led to Bible studies as a staff. Uh, the athletic director noticed things that were happening in the program and wanted to have a meeting, and we all thought maybe we're in trouble. And um, the athletic director said, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about wow. men's basketball. And I want whatever it is, I want to know about it, and I want to see more of it. Hmm. And so he got to know more about it. He was not a believer at the time. And, and again, fast forward again into like year two, year three, the coach then began to pray with the character coach on a weekly basis and they'd have moments and Bible studies together. And, and one day he shut the the word of God and said, I can't do it this way anymore. Hmm. He says, I need to, I need to give my life to Christ. Hmm. So the coach gave his life to Christ. Um, Assistant coaches have then come to the Lord. The athletic, athletic director has since given his life to Christ. I can't tell you where this is, but (laughs) 
please tell me he's going to write a the book inner, or something. The inner city pastor. There will be a book about okay. this. The inner city pastor has has now put into place, along with the blessing of the athletic director, that they are planting a church on this campus. What? This oh, is we're now I about know. we're now about four years into this. But here's here's the greatest thing as it relates to identity in Christ. We now have a coach. And this is not by any of our doing. We just placed a guy there, and, and God has done uh, miraculous work there. But we now have a coach that, at the elite, elite mm-hmm. levels, is and he's as driven and 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 as you know, hundred percent as anybody out there. But he now coaches from a different perspective. Yeah, and he wants his players to get to heaven. He want mm-hmm. and, and the winds come. The winds have really been coming. It's funny how that works, but. One of the best testaments, you know, testimonies that we can say is that we have a letter that sits on the desk of our executive director, and it's a handwritten letter from this coach's wife. Mm-hmm. And I get emotional talking about it, but it talks about you wouldn't believe the changes we've seen in our family and this and that. But ultimately, the sentence that pops off the page is that I don't even know who this man is. Mm. He's a different man, and it's and it's all good. Yeah. And so we have a guy now that, and he is unashamed and bold in his faith, and he'll step out and, and tell the world about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a coach that just four years ago um, was a was a completely different guy, but that's that's one person who now is affecting and impacting thousands of people, not just the 15, 12 to 15 young men in his locker room every day. Players do come and go, but coaches for the most part are pretty constant, but he's he's now able to impact thousands of people, fans of the program, you know, an athletic department. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. That so that's a neat awesome. story. Um, that's why we do it, why we're so passionate about it. But that's an example of one man mm-hmm. Understanding and coming to a realization and having, you know, the Holy Spirit take him over and he now understands his identity in Christ and now look what he's able to do mm. uh, with oh, his impact. That's amazing. So good. I can't imagine a better way to close today's show yes. than with that story. There's nothing like testimony. So <laughs> that's amazing. Ted, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We are excited that you're going to be joining us again later this month. Yes. So that'll be great. And we have some other guests that are going to be joining us. So please make sure, I mean, I know I've been encouraged mm-hmm. by today. This is, even though we're talking about men's month here, I feel like this is going to be really encouraging for both men and women. So please join us next week. We'll be excited to join you then.